I'm Lauren. Hello, I'm Sarah. And welcome to Montalino Mama. Welcome back to another episode of Multilingual Mamas. Today we're doing something new. We're going to interview for the first time in the podcast two guests who are siblings and grew up bilingually, Eric and Martin Burkel. Yes, you heard that right. Does the name Burkel ring a bell? For those of you who know me, you might know that my husband's last name is Burkel. So this makes my guest my father-in-law and his sister. Eric is joining us from France and Martin from the States. Thank you so much for doing this. Welcome. For inviting us. Thank you. <laughs> so. We always start with just a little bit about your language background, um, what languages you speak, uh, how you learned them, what languages were spoken in your home growing up, um, and how you would describe proficiency or dominance in each of those languages. And whoever wants to start can uh, can take it away. I can start. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a, big, a bigger storyteller, I think, than Eric sometimes. Um, <laughs> We are the product of a French father from France who came to the United States to get a PhD or a master's, I can't remember, at Berkeley. He, he had the opportunity to come over from France and get a chemical engineering degree at Berkeley, advanced yeah, degree. Yeah. He came to the United States from uh, post-World War II Europe. Um, and his vision of his life going forward was to come to the United States and live in this beautiful new world. And he came to California, which was a beautiful new world in the 50s. Mm -hmm. It was really, California is a very young state, and it was just really getting getting its legs underneath it. Um, he did not want to speak a word of French while he was here. He wanted everybody to know that he was French, because he was very sexy French, with a great French accent. And he was a charmer. But he, he wanted, so he had a very thick French accent and all of that, but he never spoke in French to us at all, except for certain commands. So we had maybe five commands in French that we knew, but we didn't know what French was. We didn't know what France was. We lived in Southern California in a small town in between Los Angeles and Palm Springs in the desert. And there was no French, there was no bilingualism in Riverside, Spanish or, or American bilingualism. And we, my father did not have any intention of having French kids. So until we knew we had French grandparents because we had met them at least once, if not twice over the, the course of our, our youth. We, uh, we were in the United States all the way through elementary school and some of us through uh, middle school um, without speaking French. At the age, I was 12. My younger brother was 10. I was 12. Eric was... 14 and my sister was 16 my father and my mother decided to pick us up with absolutely no knowledge of our french family or france or anything and drop us in in france and that is where we conquered the french language via television and immersion literally immersion oh, that's, well, that's tough. eight o'clock in the morning until six o'clock at night and there was not a word of english spoken anywhere I mean, we lost, other than at home, we lost the American side. We didn't lose it, but we lost that, that cultural side. I mean, we were immersed into a French, a completely different culture, a completely different family. We have a huge family, as Sarah knows now, in France. I mean, we, we were absorbed into a French culture, and we absorbed that French culture over time very quickly. 
Um, I think we were pretty fluent within about six months, Eric. Do you agree? Verbally yeah. fluent. Yeah. Yeah, we were verbally yeah, fluent. We had no choice because nobody yeah, spoke. I mean, there was no choice. Nobody spoke English. It was not a second language in France at all. Sp mm -hmm. Spanish was much more prevalent. A lot of people in the family spoke um, Spanish or, or, or German, but not, not, not English. What about your mother? Did she speak French? She, she taught herself French. Okay. She taught herself French, but she never spoke to us in French because I think she's always been very disturbed by her accent. She was fluent in French. She was both fluent in writing and in, in and verbally in French, but always very uncomfortable with her accent. So she never spoke to us in French. She grounded us in American there. Um, she she made sure like I had to every week we went we choose a book and I read a book in English American book like the Secret Garden and all the, just going through all these things so she she was very afraid while we were there that we would lose our American. Hmm. So how do you both remember that time when suddenly you're living in a different country going to school in a different because you started going to school like any other French kid right. Just any, no, no French, no nothing. We didn't understand. We didn't, we didn't understand the cult. We had no insight into the culture at all. You know, they didn't have, we didn't have Zoom. I mean, we didn't have, um, you know, anything at that time, computer wise, where you even had a vision. When we told people we were moving to Paris, they thought we were moving to Paris, California, P-E-R-R-I-S. <laughs> so we thought we were moving to Paris, California. I mean, it didn't ever, ever click. Until Eric and I got on an airplane, a big old, back in the day with stewardesses and all that kind of stuff. We got on this airplane and we flew across the world. Wow. France. We'd never been. We, we thought we had died. We lived in Southern California, beautiful Southern California. Everything <laughs> was brand new. Palm mm -hmm. trees and ocean. When we went into Los Angeles, we'd never seen old buildings. I mean, can you imagine getting into Paris post-World War II and it was still really recovering? Oh mm -hmm. we, we had we had um uh, my uncle aunt and uncle lived in a in a in an apartment still that they went to the public bath they didn't have a full bathroom in the apartment one and Henri. I, we had huge bathrooms we had a sunken shower in our house oh, <laughs> in, in the states and you so were in paris you said my parents ended up settling right out in a suburb right outside of paris so we were actually in a modern really modern suburb I mean, we were in a really modern, brand new development that had a lot of international people. So we actually had, I mean, does that make sense? In the complex that we were in had a lot of international people, mm -hmm. um, just like we were, because my father returned there with Standard Oil. So he was working for an American company. And then you just stayed there and- Well, what happened, like no, no, we moved, my mother wanted us out of the United States predominantly for middle and high school because things were really bad in the States. The smog in California, nobody remembers this, but the smog in California at that time was toxic, toxic. You couldn't be outdoors a lot. So she just picked, thought it would be better for us to be in, in France with our French family. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting because you know, now that we're getting older, Martine and I um, look at the same situation. But they have different perspectives. Just perceptions of it, yeah. So, so I, so I was two years older when when I went, and as she said, I don't even think we knew how to see a dog. I mean, we we just got there, and it was like coming in. Well, I say today to the third world. Um, they didn't 
wash every day. They, they only had one toothbrush for the family. I mean, it was just really, really weird when we got here. It yeah. was so different. So yeah, we came together. And what happened is um, we had, a, I spent, think we spent about like a week or 10 days maybe at my grandparents' house who were already very old. In Paris. Um, yeah. And then, um, then they parachuted us in the Bordeaux region in his sister's in his sister's family and they had they had five kids and one of them is exactly my age we were, we were three we're three weeks apart and uh he wasn't there nobody spoke english he was in england learning english <laughs> but he was the prodigal kid of the family because he was going to the top engineering school like his grandfather and we were like the hobos from from some some far off planet but anyway, so we got there and <laughs> we didn't even know this. So we went to the same, we all, the three younger ones went to the same school and we might be able to broach the subject later on about my older sister who does not speak French. Mm. Um, but anyway, so we went, I did have that, because uh, at my age, they learned languages. So I did have an English teacher as, uh, I think yeah, it, was a, it was a first language and I had to learn German as a second language. But learning a language via a foreign language yeah. that you don't understand, when he would say "ein Hund chien," and I would reason, I said, "What's a chien?" So anyway, went through. So for two years, I was just telling Sarah earlier, I just sat at the back of the class, uh, like the bumpkin, and did squat all. Um, I mean, I, I absorbed because, as Martine said, we learned to speak French, and one of one of the advantages at that point is. They were fascinated by Americans. What, what the, we mm. call the Yankees. I got invited to all of the parties because they had to have the Yankee at the party. Mm. So it was kind of cool. And I came back to the United States when I was 17, and I went back to close to Riverside to my best friend. And all of a sudden, I was nobody. And it's from the point that we arrived, I was always in private education. My dad had to go to that expense because we didn't speak uh, we didn't speak English and excuse me the normal system probably wouldn't take people and when I got out of middle school and went into high school my French wasn't good enough because they have a, an examination at that point and you have to pass that or you did at the time you had to pass it to get into a public high school well I didn't pass it on top of which my dad sent me off to a private school uh, for for two two years after that. Yeah, I guess two, three years. And then I went to an American college in Paris. And then I shifted back. I transferred to Santa Clara where I got my uh, university degree. I followed my older sister because she did come back from the States for a year at the American college in Paris. And then she transferred to uh, Santa Clara. And I thought, oh, well, I'll just follow my sister. Wait, to keep us on track so I don't get lost. Yeah. Um, you have an older sibling, Nicole, right? Yes. And then oh, you have Patrick. Yes. So how long did you stay there and how was your other siblings experience? We all stayed there for five years. Okay. Nicole. What happened with Nicole? Nicole, when she, she did two years in the International Lycée, um, yeah. it, she, it, she, it wasn't successful. So she didn't uh, learn. learn she didn't integrate either. Yeah. And, and so they sent her back uh, for a couple of years to a girls uh, boarding school, religious. It was my aunt's a nun, and it was in California, Southern Northern California. How and old that, was she when she when you moved to France? 16. She was 16. 16. Okay. Well, she was she was 16 in that year. She was because she's she's one of the last or later ones. Um, mm -hmm. birthday's on the 19th of October. 
But she, so she she came back for that year in an American college in Paris, sort of like as a transition. But again, it was international and everybody spoke English. Um, so she never, you know, Martine and I have been talking about Martine spent all her time in French school. I spent most of my time in French school and Nicole only spent really one, one, uh, one and a half years uh, when she first got there and the rest, she went to the States and ended up. So she's never had that French cultural bath that we, that we took because we had no choice. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I took, I had an English class, but I mean, every day in the, in the playground, it was only French because they tried, you know, to speak one or two words of English just to show off because you had to learn two languages as of sixth grade or seventh grade, I think. What about so Patrick? Patrick was in the same school as all of us. Uh, he went through, he went, he five years of French schooling, okay. but he went to, it was, it was a day boarding school. So um, my dad, I think had gone to um, in a while. So it was, it was a boarding school that you could also go during, I mean, you could go daily. So he was in French, he was in French the whole time. Yeah. So and my, how how young was he when you guys moved to France? Ten. He was, he was ten. Okay. Or ten, ten. Ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen. Okay. Uh, we were we're almost all identically ten two years apart. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so he had a full he had a full French thing, and I was the first actually to come back and live permanently. Spending, I think it was like maybe two years. I came back in 70, 76, and I left you know, about two and a half years when I was at Santa Clara. And I had gone from being almost against Europe to being against the States. All of a sudden, I was back in this unicultural place where yeah. people, and my best friend, I we were friends because he had been to Germany like two times. So, I mean, he had some opening of his mind and it's like, mm -hmm. I just wanted one thing and that was to get my degree. I got it early. Uh, I piled on the credits to get out of there and all I wanted to do was get on the first plane back to France is what I did. And I left at the end of 1978 and I never, and I've never, I've never been back. Um, so I, I, I made, I, I made that jump. I'm not sure. Like I said, it, it was really tough even though I was sort of, you know, like, like a star because I had to get invited, but still it was really, it was really tough. And I didn't even start to be able to write intelligently, like a dissertation, because we had to do dissertations, you know, when you're in high school. And, and I still don't know how, I still don't have a lot of those clues because, you know, I, I have a French wife and sometimes she says something, I said, what are you talking about? Because it is not part of our basic culture. Right. But sometimes I teach her words. Because you know, I learned, we we learned we learned the street we were in the the street lingo. And sometimes <laughs> she 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 wasn't down that that path. So you know, sometimes I teach I teach her stuff. So it was the thing. I I think I don't know. Martine will tell you what she says. I I well, look back on 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 it as as a very positive experience because it opened our minds. We've discovered the world. We would have probably been. And I I've I've touched base with somebody that was in my class when we were seven and. They, they still live in like the same spot. And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, six, 50 years later or 60 years later, it's like, wow. Yeah. And we got to move and it was, it just, it was mind boggling. And, and, and we traveled everywhere. My, my, they took us all over and, you know, it was at that time people were really traveling. So in the car, you know, you traveled on. Spain. <laughs> yeah. It was an incredible experience. And, and it opened my mind to what to do with my child, which was to get her in front of every country you could get her in front of before mm -hmm. she, just like Sarah's doing with her children, yeah. um, it it changes their perspective. But I, in terms of the bilingualism, one of the other things that I really remember. So both 
now we know, but they didn't know back. I'm 63, Eric's 65. Um, we, Eric and I both suffer from learning, dis, uh, learning disability, dyslexia, mm. which nobody knew what that was, mm. nor did they have any idea that we weren't just being lazy because at that time they just thought you were being lazy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. In France, they definitely weren't recognizing it. They didn't recognize it in the time of Eric's children, let alone yeah. you know back, back then. And we, we spoke we spoke American, and I want to be clear on that. We spoke American when we got to France. Those people speak English, mm. and we actually took English as a second language because I had to learn how to write in English. Mm -hmm. the, the, the classes weren't American; they were taught in English. Mm -hmm. And the French people in my English classes were way better than I was because they had been taught formal English. I remember. Right, you mean British English. Right. Yeah, that's what they talk in England. They don't talk American. Sure. <laughs> I want to tell a little story. When wait, I wait, wait, before you do that. I, when <laughs> I, when I, no, it's about it's, it's reference to yours. When I would say to people I speak English, my children would say, no, you don't, Daddy. You speak American. I mean. <laughs> because they're English. They were Sarah born in English. speaks American. She does not speak English. Yeah. She speaks, she may know, she may know King's English, but she speaks American, yeah. which is very different from English. Um, and I remember once I, I, with my dyslexia, I had to take Greek, I had to take Latin, I had to take German, English, and of course, you know, I, my school was in French. And every Saturday we had, to, every Saturday in France, you had all of your exams. It was just, that's what they did. On Saturday mornings, you went to school and you had exams every Saturday morning. And one time I was translate, had to translate from German basically in my head to American back into French. And I finally just said, forget it. You know what, the, the language that's easiest for me to translate into is English. So I just started doing all my answers, all my homework in the French school in English, in, in American. And <laughs> I quickly got asked to leave the school. Okay, wow. I ended up in private school too, but that was my, my, my hardest thing was actually trying to learn the English language and how it's built as opposed to the way that I was taught. We went to elementary school in the States. We didn't know anything. In France, elementary school is down deep educational. <laughs> you go to school from the crack of dawn in the morning and they teach you the French history. They teach you how to read. They teach you how to write. They teach you how to, I mean, everything is done in elementary school. By the time you get to middle school or high school, you, you are fully prepared. And we got there, we had just learned our ABCs in the United States in public school. So why did you have to go back to the States? Was it something you were encouraged uh, to by your mom or you no, chose to? No, it was, it was a choice because they put me back by a year and I took that yeah. as big a front possible. And I always wanted to pick that year up. And I didn't graduate from high school in France when I was in, after my junior year my junior year I went because Nicole was at that school so I went and just said hey I want to come and the guy said oh, if you can if you can survive in a French lycée you can certainly survive an American college and they took me on whereas in France wow. <laughs> if you don't if you don't have that final year with which is was the baccalaureate yeah you were nothing you went and swept the streets and so anyway so I just went and and that's why I, that's why I went back is because I didn't want to lose that year and I would have had to stay an extra year. I mean, it's kind of stupid now because and there was also you know issues about doing your military military service and stuff. Yeah. So in the end, I just I went back because that also allowed me legally to avoid having to do my military service. Okay. And it just all fell into place when they said, "Sure, you can you can come here." And I always remember when he said that it was the dean and he said, 
French, French Lee says are hard. <laughs> Glad I actually got a better grade than my smart cousin in French on the on the uh, written part. And what about you, Martine? Um, when I I came back to the states, so if I I sort of suffered exactly the same thing Eric did when I came back to the states. First of all, mm -hmm. I was finished with high school, even though I hadn't taken a baccalaureate in France. I was basically finished the American high school, accepted everything from my high school diploma, except I had to take U.S. history. There was a require, there was a U.S. history requirement. Mm -hmm. But while I started high school, while I started finished that class at high school, they allowed me to start taking classes at the junior college. Brilliant. And I got my first year of college out of the way that that first year. Mm -hmm. and, um, one of the problems I had with moving back was, was that I, I was so changed by the experience. And all of a sudden I'm in, you know, a super white upper you know location in in california nobody had ever traveled people travel wasn't big back then airplane you know airplanes hadn't been around for very long i mean you know commercial airplanes um and so i just felt really isolated until i got to a uh, real college i went to university of california in san diego where i met a lot of people international people again but um i never felt as a woman at that time that I had nearly as much opportunity in France as I would have in the United States. Because all, I mean, that I came into the best era, as far as I'm concerned right now, the best era of my generation for women. I mean, all of the battles had been fought. Yeah. You no, know, we had, I mean, by the time I entered the workplace, this was the place to be as a woman and not in France. France, France loves to educate its women all the way through to as much education as you can get, but they don't like to put them to work. Mm -hmm. Right. They did that to put them to work in raising kids. <laughs> yeah. But they, they, that, and that was pretty much what it was. I mean, everybody got advanced, incredible advanced degrees. I mean, women did, but then they got married and they had children. Yeah. And I also always felt very overwhelmed by this huge family. I still love them to death, but um, we had this massive family who was always, always had Perfect. opinions about everything. And mm -hmm. we were the, we were the black sheep of the family. So mainly our opinions were, what what possessed my father to go to the United States and marry that American? <laughs> Is this part of the reason why you decided to stay in the in the U.S. The, the whole reason I came out stayed in the U.S. was because I had much a much brighter business. I, I wanted a big career and I had a big career, but I knew I wasn't going to have that in France. Wonderful. My sister never integrated in France at all. So when she when she went into the real world, she she was always going to be in the states. <laughs> So coming back to the present, how do you feel now, both in terms of your identity? Do you feel French? Do you feel American? And your language proficiency? What do you feel most comfortable speaking or writing? Um, I I can't write in French at all. Okay. I mean, I can, I can, but it, 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 it's like I have to look up, am I using the right verb tense? Am I, you know, because everything in French sounds the same. So um i'm proficient in, in french um as an adult it's been a little bit harder for me as an adult because i don't use the language as much as i should in dc so as an adult i stumble over words and stuff mm -hmm. but you know we live in a family that speaks franco-american mm -hmm. and i married somebody who is exact has exactly the same background as i did i know them oh wow family, so i'm I married into a Frank, Franco-American family. So we have this, this ability to speak 
both languages, depending on who's at the table. If it's more French, we get more French. If it's more American, we get more Franco-American. But I never felt like living there. I felt like it was much too rigid. Okay. What about you, Eric? Um, well, I, I speak both of them. Uh, I, you know, because having lived through that, I realized the deficiency. I mean, it could have been a fantastic experience to have our father, you know, be bilingual. And I, I always held it against him for not having said it. My mom said, "Well, in those days, the shrinks said, oh, don't give them two languages; it'll mess up their minds, and they'll be they'll be retarded." And he said, "Oh, I didn't want people to say, hey, that's the Frenchie in the company, because he was in a court in the corporate world." And anyway, so we didn't have that advantage. Martina and I and my brother, we climbed the slopes with our with our bare hands, and we got there. And I wanted my kids to have the advantage of my experience of of that of that. No, it wasn't it wasn't easy. And I've always spoken English to them, even though they're they speak French. They've always spoken French back to me. My son, my oldest son, and Sarah's husband. He actually, we speak, we much, we speak in English pretty much um, just between us, but we, we try the French for the kids. But so anyway, I, I'm what they call the third world, a third culture kid, as you know, well, I don't know, I'm here, there. I lived in, uh, I lived in London for four years, so I was English. Well, not, not when my, my kids were around, but mm-hmm. I lived in Italy for three years and I learned to speak Italian sufficiently um, to get, to get around. And, and again, it's like, I always say to people, the brilliance of Europe, I mean, it's hard living here. And, you know, Sarah, Sarah knows, especially now that she's in. But the fact of the matter is, you can get on a plane and go an hour away, different country, different cultural, different food. Different Language, country. politics, yeah. everything. Yeah. And that's what I always say to people. I mean, that's what it was like is, is wow, it's a shock that you can learn and see so much. Uh, there's just so much culture and there's so much to, to discover. To answer your question on bilingualism. So my older sister ended up not bilingual at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric ended up fully bilingual. And then, as he said, he picked up, you know, he made the effort of picking up many languages as he traveled, or at least enough to get through. Um, Patrick ended up, Patrick and I are both bilingual. Now on children, Eric's children are the only children that are fully bilingual in this family. Can you guys describe the people in your immediate family for everybody, who they are? My older sister, Nicole, had two children. Neither one of them ever even considered speaking French or going to France. I mean, they they are American. So there was in that was Um, they then we had then Eric had three children who he raised bilingually, English and French. Okay. And they are by they've always been bilingual. Their mom's English, so and she's Franco English. She's Franco English like us, but she's more English than Franco. Um, I wasn't. I have one daughter, and Mm -hmm. I married a Franco American who was raised fully bilingually. His mother never spoke. Still to this day, does not speak English to her children. Mm -hmm. She she raised them bilingually from the time they were born in the United States to the time, and then they went back to France. So, um, Sophie is not bilingual. She refused to speak a word of French when she was growing up. Mm. I had her in French programs. I had her at Middlebury College from the youngest age. I had her in French programs. I spoke French. She refused to speak a word of French. And it turns out when I talked to Nick's mother, Nick's, uh, so Sophie's French grandmother, who, who was bilingual with her children, 
She said her children refused to speak a word of French to her when they were younger because it differentiated them from everybody in her class, from, from everybody in the classroom, but they still picked up the language because she immersed them in it every summer for three months with their grandparents in France. But in fact, the kids were really embarrassed by it. They were embarrassed by her and her accent. And they were really embarrassed that she spoke French to them in front of her friend, their friends. Mm -hmm. That made them really other. But they both, they're all bilingual. And then my younger brother, um, Patrick, Remy Patrick, has three daughters that he raised somewhat bilingually. They're proficient in in American, but not in France. Uh, they two of them live in France. One of them lives in Brazil right now. But um, yeah, they have a insane. very uh, Lauren. They have a very interesting background. Patrick is a film, like a documentary director. Yeah, he's a documentarian. Yeah, and Netflix, then Netflix. Go see his film. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, he's also <laughs> his sister. Uh, sorry, daughter uh, is an actress. <laughs> wow. She lives in Rio, and she speaks. And she speaks. Brazilian. She speaks at least three or four languages. She's Brazilian. Wow. So, um, Emma, Emma, his second daughter with another wife, she speaks good English. She speaks good English because I spoke to her in the family gathering and she spoke only oh, yeah. English. She's, she's, she's pretty good. No, she's she's good. And, and because when she she's traveled out of France, she's had to, English is the language that, that they speak now. So yeah. she yeah. went to school, she went to college in, in Holland. The language that she had to speak was English in order to, yeah. to integrate. So French is not a French is not a common a common European language. You're much more easy to find Spanish or English now than you were German or French before. So in your experience, has raising your children bilingually or attempting to been challenging? And then how has having strong family ties in France helped or not in that (laughs) endeavor? It was difficult because um, the mother of my children was English, so we spoke English. And once we came back to France, um, they had to go in the French school. And I think Martin, what Martine pointed out, it was that I that thought of being different from other people in the schools. Uh, it made it more difficult. It wasn't uh, it wasn't as cool as when I came. Mm. From my understanding, so they actually spoke French to us. It was instantaneous. There was no thought process. I would speak in English. And they would respond, and you could see people just going, "What the heck's going on?" They're talking, but they're not talking the same language. So they always talk. <laughs> and but they they do they do pretty much. Alexander and Anthony are definitely fully proficient. Michael, the last one, he's um, like me. He's with a French woman. Um, it, it makes it more difficult because you know if that person is not English, speak English anyway. They 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 picked it up, and yeah, there was some there was some pushback. Nothing violent. But, you know, it's what I call passive resistance. You speak, talk to them in one language and they respond to another language and that just becomes... We run into this problem too. You know, if you marry a full French person, that French person doesn't want to speak English to their children and they don't want to speak English to you. So you have married members of the family who have married into the family who aren't necessarily bilingual and it's been very difficult for them too. So I can tell you, I don't think I'm breaking any confidence when I say my sister-in-law, my younger brother's Patrick's wife, really was resistant to having two languages in her house. She did not want to speak English and she did not want English spoken in her or American spoken in her house. She's recently come to, to a to a understanding in her own mind that that was her who's causing that, you know, like it, it was her fear of English. 
But she had a very hard time with Patrick speaking English to his American to his children and them responding to it for a very long time because so, it was uncomfortable. And I think the same thing with Eric's son, Michael, who's who's now married to a French woman who speaks no English. It's, it's a very uncomfortable situation. I mean, and Not she understanding. Yeah, she doesn't want I mean, and it's a hard language to learn and we speak fast and we go off and so it's not it's not necessary that the parent the other parent the the non-bilingual parent is is receptive to it too i think what my parents were trying to achieve but didn't know how to do it and we didn't really i mean it was hit or miss in our family but as the next generations are coming they're going to be bilingual that yeah, no one has those concerns anymore of confusing their child or, or that you're or I would say no one, but it's less your language. And if you lose your French, you know, you speak English in your French family home, then you're going to lose French or something. There's no, and I don't think that that exists. In fact, I, I know for a fact that my, my sister-in-law has completely moved past that now that she's realized that really the fear was just mm -hmm. that this being excluded from yeah. a yeah. something. I gotta say, Lauren, it's really interesting because you and I both grew up monolingual. We've like picked up another language later on, and it's really cool to see Lucas be in such a multilingual environment. Yeah. And this is all he knows. Yeah, yeah. and like, his brain is wired that way. Yeah. He's fully wired. It's insane. Oh yeah, my family's French. My family's Spanish, and and yeah. I mean, there's a big pride now in speaking multiple languages that did yeah. not exist in the 60s and 70s 80s and 90s here at all I mean it was or there I mean like I said you we were taught we were not allowed to speak English in France except yeah. to my mother and you know at home everywhere else we went we were very firmly informed there would be no English what's also interesting from anybody who has more than one language they're, they're freaking two times smarter than anybody else he's three times smarter. I mean he's got to learn three times that stuff and you know when they were saying ah oh, don't back in the 60s or 50s don't don't, don't don't do it don't do it it'll ruin their brain get them confused and it's like wait a minute a it opens up your mind mm -hmm. and b you're smarter than everybody else because you have you can say three ways the same thing and you constantly have to be managing those three which do i say to whom so overall looking back do you think um this particular bilingual upbringing has been an asset for you personally or professionally? I think that being able to speak two languages is an asset intellectually for us. Yeah. It makes us really enjoy two very different languages, but mainly being, it's not so much being bilingual, it's being bicultural. Yeah. I always have one foot on both sides. Mm -hmm. If I'm in France, I'm French. But I really, I know that I have these American roots. And when I'm in the States, mm -hmm. I miss my French roots and my French life. It's completely different. But to have that experience of two being immersed in two completely different cultures, I, I think every one of us, except for my older sister, walked away making sure that our children were exposed to, I mean, we had the travel bug. And we made sure that, and then look at Sarah and Alexander. I mean, by the time that they were old enough to really develop into pre-adolescence, they've seen how people live in different worlds. They've lived it. Mm -hmm. And it gives you a completely different perspective. Mm -hmm. you know, my best friends remain my Franco-American friends from, from childhood because they're the one group of people that totally understand. And so, but um, although Sophie 
didn't turn out to be completely bilingual. I think she has the capacity to. She she put her mind to it. She really has a good. I mean, she has a good uh, ear for accents and stuff, mm-hmm. and she understands a fair amount of French. But um, it was really it, bringing her up French in France. I mean, like when we go to France, we live with the her cousins in France, and she does it the French way. And she's always done that. So I think mainly it was the exposure. Eric took his kids everywhere. <laughs> I mean, they were probably miserable as hell, but traveling with their dad. But you know what? That's what my mom did. My mother took us in California. She had us in the car camping at every national park because that was the, we came up during the era of the national parks mm-hmm. in, in on the West Coast. And even in France, she'd take us, we went to, we, she took us everywhere in France. We went to Bel- we went to all of the, st- the countries that she could get to easily. Pa- Papa took us a lot, because he, he- Yeah, Papa took us out a lot, a lot too. The, Bel- the Belgian, uh, Dutch, and French markets for whatever he, the crap, the crap he sold it. He, we would go sometimes with, I mean, the first time I went to Amsterdam was with him, and then my mom had to explain what a red, red light district was, and I was thinking, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, cool, we gotta go. And she took us. She took that. So, yeah, I'm a bit different from to Martine. What's important to me is bilingualism is, is the language. Uh-huh. I, I thought it was more important to speaking that language means that you can engage with people so much more easily. And even if I see with tourists, if you speak one sentence, if you say hello in French or can I, can I where, where is the, the bread or something like that, all of a sudden it opens things up. So, you know, I, you know, everybody has their own experience but i for me it's the language is the important thing and that's why i tried to learn italian just out of respect to answer you to the recap on that i think not one of the three of us that actually had a real french experience and were integrated into the french life two of us decided that they had more potential in france I, i'm the only i'm the one that came back to the states so so for the new generation of people who are trying to do this now that we're more informed where where's where your advice what do we do? What can we learn from you guys? Well, you can't learn anything from us, but I can tell you that you're doing it right. You're doing, you're the next generation of it. And, and it came to full fruition because there is no rejection of languages. Well, I don't want to say that you didn't do it right because the multilingual environment my children are experiencing with being in France, the French family, you guys, yeah. it's definitely an asset and it would definitely help with their attitude towards multilingualism in the future so just to get back to laura you you mentioned one aspect was having that french family and it it is it is fantastic sarah's met some of them um we have this family you know i always like to say in america when they have a food movie on on americans there's a drunk in in the or skeletons in the closet we've got this family that some of them are just so nice they're boring we we just got together when um when sarah first first met most of them because one of the things that uh, when I first uh, met, met Sarah, she said, I've been waiting for this for years. And she, she's, she's excited because it's an international family. I mean, they don't all speak, uh, they don't all, all speak great English, but there were 60 of us, four generations. It was my aunt, her kids, uh, my generation, and then our kids' generation. And it was, it was a lot of French, a lot of French spoken at that gathering. Yeah. It's a huge French Catholic family with long, long historical roots in France. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't I think that that it's very it's very good for me to watch the next generation actually be able to achieve what we try to. I mean, that we we stumbled through, um, but yeah. we the experience that we had was unbelievable. It will tra- it travels with us for every single day of our life. Eric and I talk about it all the time. 
the actual cultural experience changed our lives. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are who we are because they did what they did. And we now know that there's a lot of mistakes that were made, but that the experience of expanding our minds was what my mother wanted more than anything in the world. She wanted us to have a global view. It's really hard to, to get that global view without having an experience like that. It's hard. It's easy to say, but it's really hard to grasp until you have to have that cultural vulnerability. I guess. It's a hard slot. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. Yeah, nice to meet you. All right. Well, thank you guys again um, for the very detailed conversation uh, and uh, insight into your experience as siblings, um, kind of in another era. Um, we'll leave it there, but uh, we'll be back soon with another episode. Hasta luego. Ciao. 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 If you ever have questions about us or questions about the podcast, go to home and our website at multilingualmamaspodcast.com and click on the link for questions. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and stay tuned for more episodes of Multilingual Mamas.